You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. everybody welcome to episode 243 of red wings rant where tirades and a passion please for your detroit red wings finally have a home today of course as the uh, overlay suggests we will be doing our draft preview to nobody because there's nobody watching anyways maybe we shouldn't tell people that we're gonna definitely rec- record on wednesday and then three days later be like hey can we record on tuesday please <clears throat> would someone like to own up to that live on the oh he can't because he's muted oh <laughs> uh, i guess that was you owning up to it you're the only one talking so matt this is all your fault anyways um <laughs> so uh mike we we yes. want to talk about the nhl draft uh, mm. but we did have some you, you didn't get an opportunity to discuss this outside of us taking a look at uh, what was available for the Detroit Red Wings and saying this is probably what's going to happen. So, before we jump into the draft preview, Mike. Sir. We have Derek Lalonde as our new head coach. Oh, boy. First of all, shout out. Curtis, first one in the chat, but... But... Curtis absolutely called this. How long ago? Kurt, maybe uh, he's, let's see. He's doing story time with a 14-month-old. Uh, much respect, Curtis. I am uh, skipping story time to do this right now, so I'm, I'm a real piece of garbage um, with the 13-month-old. Look at that, Curtis. We're right, right there in line. Um, but Curtis called this a while back. Curtis, very well done. I mean, honestly, uh, we were sitting there playing the game of trying to overthink everything. And ultimately, Mike, we did some fantasy booking that we weren't proud of. Maybe not. No, we were proud of it. We just uh, we weren't happy with the end result. And uh, what's funny is I recorded a here's Derek Lalonde like preview. I don't know, like uh, 10 minutes by myself after after we make the signing. And then it was brought up. Uh, it was brought up by our buddy Anthony, uh, who he's only been able to listen to the podcast. He, uh, of course, is from Australia, so it's tough for him to catch the lives. Yeah. Uh, but he said, "Turns out you guys went in completely different directions for Matt's recorded episode, his little ten minutes, and then I followed it up with our hour long, pre, you know, like pre Lalonde hire, and we both were." I, I would say it was more it was more uh, sour grapes for not getting Gronborg. Like we were just kind of looking at it like, well, yeah, I guess Lalonde's gonna get signed, and it, it's nothing against Lalonde. I think this is I'm, I'm gonna speak for you, and then I'll give you a chance. But I, I figured it was because we were so excited about the way we fantasy booked this new head coach, and now it was just gonna be Derek Lalonde. And when I say just, yeah, I kind of, you know what? I said this in my 10-minute preview. For anybody who missed it, 
He is, again, the house that checks off all the boxes. He is not the house that has a hot tub out back, bowling alley, in the basement, you know, like uh, like theater seating and like a fake theater with like a projector already pre-built in the basement. Like, not, no, it's, that's not what Derek Lalonde is. Derek Lalonde was you wanted to make sure there were three bedrooms, that you had at least one and a half baths because sometimes yeah, when you're playing video games, you got to take a twosie. So you need a bathroom close to the living room. Like that's Derek Lalonde. He's your twosie close to the living room kind of house. And that's great. Who doesn't want that? But yeah. is it the, is it like, are you going to call mom and dad and say, I did it. I got the house. No, you're not. You're going to be, you're going to be content. And you're immediately going to start thinking about how can you improve this house? How'd you like my, that? My, my thoughts were, uh, he seems like a, a guy who has impeccable tax returns. Um, I, I feel like <laughs> there's never a single detail out of place. Um, I feel like his favorite food is probably the turnip. Yep. Um, not an exciting food, but you know, not a lot of people's favorite food, but you know, it's got some nutrition. It's pretty sturdy, uh, grows in a lot of uh, climates, um, so it can really thrive anywhere. Um, but uh, I guess I guess joking aside, besides calling him an, an accountant, uh, a turnip-eating accountant, uh, Derek Lalan, <laughs> um, based on his interviews, I, I mean, this is a guy who, um, Ken Cal pointed out, uh, Iserman is, you know, time is a flat circle for Iserman because now he's hired this guy twice. Um, yeah. He hired him in. He hired him in Florida. Now he's hiring him again uh, in Michigan. Um, you know, in Detroit. Um, you know, with a lot more responsibility. Um, Quick pause. Let's. I want to say hello. So get get your thoughts together. Uh, Brannis is aboard. You can finally make it. What's hey, going on, Brannis? Uh, Johnny P. Of course, performance art. Tell the long. Johnny performance art. Yeah. Johnny performance art. How are you doing? Uh, Murdoch, what's going on? Um, and I, I did want to point this out too, cause this is kind of in line with what you're talking about. Uh, back to Johnny P after the Ken Cal interview, I'm convinced that he's our guy when I was very disappointed at first. Well, John, he, he is our guy. He's certainly signed. I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> he's definitely under contract. I don't know if he's our uh, guy, but he is signed for Hi guys. Eric. Eric's aboard. Hi guys. God bless you. <laughs> I think no, it's so uh, funny that there's longtime podcast listeners that have no idea why we giggle every time Eric says hi. Um, but yeah, a good pop I, ski. yeah, Mike, I will say that part of I'm going to, you know, Johnny performance art. Let me know if let me know if I'm uh, voicing your concerns. I just I think we're just jaded being fans in Detroit um, where we know our you know Detroit Lions kept plucking guys off the Patriots, uh, previously the St. Louis Rams, um, just trying to keep hiring off that coaching tree, signing free agents from that team. Um, and now it kind of feels like Iserman has you know, been plucking a few players that are former Tampa Bay Lightning, and now he's grabbing an assistant coach, um, you know, who's he's part of you know two Stanley Cup winners and then a runner-up this year. Um, but I... I I, maybe that line experience, maybe the Pistons picking up Lawrence Frank, you know, a lifetime assistant guy, and they they tried to give him the reins as the head coach, and it you know quickly fell apart. Um, for this guy to come in and uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want to say he's on the coattails. We don't you know, we don't know a lot of his contribution, but I think it's just we've kind of been burned by 
you know, our team, um, our local teams kind of, you know, just trying to pluck off those old trees. So yeah. I, I my, my thought, that. my thought too, before you, before you cut in was oh. I, I kind of wanted a guy who was hungrier Mike, and for a guy who just did two at a time and only give you like a minute and a half. Yeah. I know, man. I got, I got to do what I can over here to fight the good fight. Um, no, this guy's just won two Stanley Cups, and then he came up, you know, short uh, this past season. I, I kind of wanted a guy who hadn't had a Stanley Cup yet. Um, what is that? T- I, what's wrong with that take? Your hot take? Or you want a guy? You want a guy? It's it's not that. Look, I understand that like championship experience, right? That's that's a thing. But I, with this team, I, I kind of wanted. A hungry coach and i don't know how hungry this coach is going to be knowing that he's already done it well he hasn't done it as a head coach it's not like we looked at lidstrom and made him captain and we were like eh, i mean we don't want him to be captain he's already won the cup and he's won some norris trophy he's no won. that's he's cooked uh no i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say like leadership from a uh you know, he scored goals. He got assists. I mean, he, he you know led by example, a hard worker. I, I know, I know that there's that example, right? Like Scotty Bowman won before he was a Red Wing. Yeah. I just. I think you're crazy. I, I just wanted somebody hungry, and uh, you I, know, it's that's not what I'm getting. I don't. I think you're being way too hard on this. I still come back to the fact that when you have that house, that cr- that checks off all the boxes that you were looking for. That's fantastic. And when you think about the house, like when I, I I said, like it's this definition of me trying to say, like how excited was I by the Lalonde signing? And that's probably where we're coming at this with different uh, mindsets. Because I am still happy. I just wasn't like thrilled. I didn't see the news and I was like, oh man, it happened. Some of that is because the, the writing was on the wall. Like, you know, we waited till after the lightning were eliminated from the playoffs. Right. <laughs> Steve was like, I just needed that opportunity to interview him. Um, I don't think that was the case. I think it, uh, it oh, I'm, man, am I such a dumb shit? Of course that wasn't the case. We'd sign the guy, but you know, so, so we kind of saw that coming, which kind of bummed out the excitement. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm happy with it again, just wasn't excited. I'm not really I'm not really bumming. I'm not looking at it and finding, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I would struggle to find a reason not to like Lalonde. And it, I think it starts with what you mentioned and Johnny P threw out there is the interview with uh, Ken Cal. Um, but that Ken Cal brings up, this is the second time Steve Eisman has hired this guy. I feel yeah. like that is the number one reason to be happy with this. Uh, because we trust the Iser plan. And look, I think there's two ways to look at this uh, with trusting the Iser plan, right? Um, if this is a part of a next step, that just means that Iserman still has all of the control. He's doing exactly what he wants. Or, or this is the guy that Iserman sees to carry us to a Stanley Cup final. I will tell you, I do not believe that. But those are your two, like, there's your two positives of Eiserman making this guy, uh, 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 like, the second time he's hired this guy. He either sees yeah. him fitting perfectly with what the plan's going to be for the next three to four years, mm-hmm. and then we go from Rick Carlisle to Larry Brown. Oh, here we go. Or we have 
I don't know. It's, I, I don't have a problem with saying this, but I understand we didn't get a championship from him. Or we have, like, you know, the Jim Leyland. And I don't know, you know, obviously better track record Leyland had uh, was a manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess I just mean, like, a long-tenured guy who's going to have success. With well, let's, let's look at this. So I, I don't think that... I think we can. I think we can agree that it's maybe not the most exciting source to get your coach from, to get a retread of a guy that Eiserman's already had before. So let's look at it this way: um, Are you optimistic about his coaching philosophy? Because that was the other big focal point so far. Is you know what does this guy bring into the table? Um, and I feel like he owes an apology to the Philadelphia 76ers and. Uh, superstar center Joel Embiid because he did talk about the process and doing things the right way uh, quite a few times. Um, does look like he's going to try and emphasize communication, uh, building relationships, which is what he said has you know, gotten him to where he's at right now. Um, but I don't know. I guess it's not really fair to... I guess I guess that kind of scared me a little bit because it kind of felt like I got a job because I built a relationship with Steve Eiserman. It's like <laughs> that's not what he's saying, and it, you know he's he's obviously gotten pretty far all the way up to a championship level as an assistant coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so does that does that philosophy does that when you heard those words or those kind of the magical words you were looking for? No, and I I, I think I will say this. I uh, I mentioned this in our 10-minute preview for the podcast listeners you can't see, but I will try and draw with my words here. Uh, you have your average coach. You just have your line, right? And then you've kind of got like the max and min or like, or I shouldn't say the max and min, sorry. You've got like most of your coaches fitting between my, my two arms here. But then you have yeah. guys all the way up here uh, above those two lines that are greatest coaches of all time then you have guys Mm -hmm. all the way down here that are the worst coaches of all time and what i mentioned was like oh i don't know a head coach that tells his players to make their own play and then he gets fired the next game um shout out to the chicago blackhawks so most of those guys are gonna fit here and Mm -hmm. they're gonna send similar messages because they're good messages to put into a newspaper Jeff Blaschel never really gave us like messages that were like, Ooh, I don't know, Jeff. I, I don't know if you want, like it, it was, I would say they were pretty similar to what Lalonde was preaching, but I thought you were going to go this way. It's not really fair for us to, to like, like we need to see some of this stuff happen, you know, like at the end of Blaschel's run, we were like, Oh my God, he's lost complete control. Cause he's pulling goalies in and out. Uh, he's lost complete control because this lineup is never reflective of like what we think, like his words about, you know, trying to develop and build and find some offense. It never really added up. Then it was always like, well, why did you put this line out there? If that was your goal. Yeah. So I think to that end, we need to see like, Oh, I'm all about communication. So that's communication with us. It's communication with his team. That means, when we see a roster, that's communication. When we see the lineup card, that's communication. That's telling us certain things about players um, that you know isn't necessarily direct communication with those players. It's not direct communication with us, but that's still communication. So if he believes that, then he knows that there's so many different ways to communicate, and we need to see him 
like execute properly. So a kind of what I'm saying here is we can't really judge anything yet, but I'm also saying, I think a lot of coaches again, to illustrate that we have like the average coach then mm-hmm. we have a couple of bars that are not far from the average coach. And I think a majority of coaches fall in there. There's no reason that we've seen anything from Derek Lalonde to suggest he's outside of those bars negatively or positively, but he's, yeah. he's been hired by Steve Eiserman twice and we've gone 16 minutes on this. I really thought we were going to go five minutes and just kind of be like, yeah, I'm cool with it. Not super stoked, which I still feel. Uh, but I also think it's worth saying that I think these 16 minutes, we went a little too negative. I think, I think it's not that bad, but I also think it's fair to say, Hey, this guy could be another bridge to what will eventually be the Stanley cup contender coach. I think that's fine too. I think it'd be tough so to come up with any hard. And I, I think we need to look at one more thing too. Oh God. Um, so but I mean, I said, we looked at, we, look, we looked at the source. Hold on. We looked at the source. We looked at the philosophy. I think the last thing is, like, look at the Lions with Dan Campbell. The Lions needed a kick in the pants. Episode. Go ahead. Lions needed a kick in the pants, and that guy is perfect. That guy is just raw emotion all over his sleeve. You know, the the guy biting kneecaps, um, crying. You know, uh, because of all these emotional moments. I, I really that that is that is a coach that I would hire if that was my job. Pistons. <laughs> Dwayne Casey, we're not even going to mention the Tigers because their management is just got awful. Um, Dwayne Casey, I mean, they, they basically hired an old war veteran um, to go out there and teach these these young punks, you know, the game of basketball. And his job is to develop talent. My God, the Pistons out of a draft that was before the season ranked as one of the worst ever, have suddenly created two or three pretty good players. And then they had, you know, obviously Kate fall into their laps. But it kind of feels like, we got a guy who's doing what we want. So my last thing for you with Lalonde, mm-hmm. based on what you've heard from the philosophy, uh, based on his personality type, do you think that this then is the coach that this team, that this roster needs? I guess I want to see some lineups. Is that fine? You want, you want to see what he, if, if uh, you know, where he puts Zadina? Is that is that going to be the first uh, litmus test? Yeah, I th- I think if if we're seeing some issues with like guys getting ice time and like getting that opportunity to develop, maybe when he talks about communication, I want to hear what's going on. But and and that's tough to get from a coach. I realize that, but it's just one of those things. Like, what's going to keep me from getting angry at that point? And if I because he's already. I think, well, like if I said he's the on, perfect coach for them right now, um, yeah. then I just then that would be called back and be like, well, why were you so excited about him before? So I'm just trying to come at it with uh, as much gray as possible, so I can get angry later and be fine. With this, no, with, there's, with there's, this there's, off season on the way, like he had a really interesting diplomatic answer uh, when they said, "What do you mean by the communication?" And he's like, "Well, I want to talk to the players and I want to figure out what they want from themselves." Uh, what they want from their teammates, what they want from me as their coach, and then what they want from this Red Wing organization. And, you know, with the Red Wings basically having a a blank cap sheet, I think that that's a a pretty important question. And I feel like one that Steve probably really honed in on because it's like, yeah, what do you want to do with your career? Um, I keep making these moves to, you know, pick up these 'er ne'er-do-wells and, you know, uh, never-has-beens and trying to give you a second, you know, leash on life to see what you can do with it. 
do you want to try to make this work and work really hard this offseason and, you know, be a guy that I'm excited to give a four-year deal to? Or, you know, is this, you know, do you want to be a fourth liner or a minor league guy? So I, I think those are going to be some pretty interesting uh, questions that Lalonde and Iserman are going to be, you know, composing for this this roster and potential guys that they sign. Yeah, and to, and to your point, with with that being asked, that's great. Actually, I think if if uh, he's going at it from that aspect, I, I know you're talking about like pushing these guys maybe to do a little bit more. But I also think that there's an aspect of like mental health, which is going to be great here. And um, at least the approach he talks about is going to be good for the kids, which is <sighs> I have trouble saying this or like talking about it because yeah. it was also the same thing we said about Blashy Boy and we saw how that went and we heard rumors. I won't, I'll just say rumors don't, you know, they don't just pop up. Sometimes it is just for clickbait, but there are rumors of like players getting angry with, with Blashel. So I will say even, you know, I said, I, I have problems with making that comparison or making the notion that um, I think, I think his mentality is good for young players and the problem I have is that I also felt that for Jeffy Boy. So I still say it's good for young players. I still say that's the route we should go. Let's make sure that these guys still love the game. If this guy's taking us to the playoffs or he disappears one day. Either way, that's I think that's that to answer like the question of is this perfect or is this good for the team we have right now for one that's developing and growing. I at least like that the words out of his mouth are about mental health and keeping these guys like he's not scaring them away from the game. And I'm going to steal that from somebody I talked to before, uh, before I left work today. But um, we have so many shout outs, Mike, we've been missing. We've been talking too much. Uh, Eric says, I think he's going to do great. Um, Johnny P says, I wanted something to sexy to attract free agents, but sometimes the girl next door is really what you're looking for. Ketzel's aboard. Ketzel, what's going on? Howdy, howdy. Eric wants to know, Mike, are you doubting the Iser plan? I wouldn't say that it's doubting. I think I just... He seemed, you know, what's so funny is the way that he talks. He seems so measured and calculated like Iserman. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that he is, you know, a guy who mentioned, you know, being part of the process, uh, doing things the right way. Um, it just, it just wasn't, I, I was it a comment ago? Was it Johnny who's saying it wasn't like the sexiest pick? I think that it is going to be kind of that spoonful of medicine. So I, I don't know how exciting a coach he is. He's definitely not a Dan Campbell, um, but you know he he might be what we need. So I, I'm not doing cartwheels because it, it's I don't know if that makes me as a free agent want to play here. Um, I mean, you are getting a guy as you know just was in three Stanley Cups, true. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know if it's down the Iserman Iser plan, but I I guess. What's funny is I, I think this is how our offseason might be, is it might be, you know, unsexy free agent signings and uh, responsible trades. It, it kind of feels like what this this build is at in a nutshell. So I, I it's almost it's almost more um, kind of a, a microcosm of what I can 
expect for the next year or two. And it's just kind of, you know, kind of a, not, not a, a rocket ship trajectory, but just kind of a slow upwards trajectory. So I just, I gotta, I'm realizing that I'm going to have to be patient. Well, yeah. And Steve made that, that point too. He also said today though, he said uh, he wants to add some guys that are going to like compliment Bertuzzi and Larkin and, you know, help, help them maybe, I, I don't know how you determine, like, what is the next level? Does that mean, oh, how do they look in the playoffs? Or yeah. is it just like, oh, okay, well, now we're competitive for 82 games. Like, what what are we looking at here? Uh, and we won't know until we see those free agent signings. And uh, Steve basically, basically said, I'm not afraid to hit the free agent market. And uh, yeah. that was pretty fun to read. Uh, but I mean, how do you, how do you, like, how do you doubt Iserman when he's built a hockey dynasty in this, like, in the salary cap era yeah. you know, for Tampa? Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I think, how do you uh, doubt his like drafting track record? You you can't really. It's just I, I guess I was just a little bummed about. Oh, we did just kind of get a guy from his old team. But I mean, if anybody's going to judge talent or coding ability, it, it would be Steve. And and he's done a lot of hirings with guys that he knows. And what's funny is we didn't like see this coming. Even even further ahead with you know like he made that comment when I do my next head coach, I want to know the guy so yep, yeah he hired a guy he's hired before but also like i mean freaking chris draper is one of his head scouts so like yeah we know we already yeah. knew that um <laughs> you know how many former guys that he's played with is, is he gonna put on this team how many more we don't know yeah still some assistant spots open curtis wants to know with tungay already under contract <laughs> will any assistants have hair two pays do not count and uh murdoch points out at least it wasn't Babcock, which I thought was funny because you're Oof. talking about one of the top 10 heads of hair of all time uh, behind yeah. the bench. I used to call him Hot Fudge Head, of course, in reference to Sanders Hot Fudge, which I felt uh, looked like somebody had just warmed up a glass jar of Sanders Hot Fudge and pre-game. dumped it on top of Bab- Babcock's head. Pre-interview, pre-game, you'd get a fresh <laughs> fudging uh, more- in that locker room. <laughs> the more we learned about Mike Babcock, the more I think we all wished it was a piping the fudge hot. went into his brain. Yeah, yeah, piping hot jar like uh, lava hot. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's it's still I honestly, Curtis, at this point, uh, to go back to your question, please God be bald. I think that would be, that would be an great. all an all bald coaching staff. I think would be fantastic. Yeah, that's what we're used to. That's what we love. That's what we love around here. You know, like how the Yankees, they make you get like a proper buzz cut. Like every yeah. Red Wing should have a bald head. I, yeah, so you want to hire a guy with a full head of hair. but he's And I want all the players to shave their heads. <laughs> Sorry, Bertuzzi. Um, so yeah. when I was when I was describing uh, how coaches uh, <laughs> that I was doing the average and then the top and bottom sort of like standard deviation for coaches, uh, Johnny P points out Matt's doing the YMCA. Um. Yeah, Johnny comes back. It's it's just going to be hard to attract free agents. That's kind of how he feels. But also, I don't know. To that same vein, his next comment, Johnny, where you where are you at, man? He's he's the coach to take us to the cup. He's here for seven years. Maybe he's saying that if we're gonna go to the cup and it's in the next seven years, it's probably gonna be this guy. I don't know if was Cooper a star hire. No, no. That's a good point by Eric. But again, I, I think it ultimately is going to come down to, like, the question I'm answering is, like, was I excited? No. Can we call this guy the next Cooper? No. Is he the next Jeff Blaschel? 
We don't know. But am I am I stoked about this signing? It could have been worse, but I'm I'm happy with it. I'm just not again, not over the moon. Uh but I, I do think, you know, to say that it's very possible that we have another bridge coach. It's pretty possible. You know what's what's funny too is it's all gonna depend on when Steve pulls the trigger on like really upgrading this roster. Because again, if I came back to like the average coach conversation, I do my little YMCA um arms you're doing there. the bar is high but the bar is also low those, the bar also in the middle go ahead those coaches that that keep their job win so it, i mean if we have a better roster and we win yeah sure he'll stick around forever right <laughs> yeah. um here we go uh I think uh, this is from Silver3344. I think this is Silver's first comment today. Uh, Iserman's coaches are more secondary than experienced coaches who need their way, so to speak. You know what, Silver? I love that point. Um, and I, I think that's... I thought that the coach was going to come in and like give these guys a spanking. But instead, it kind of looks like his job is to make sure that Iserman's plan is coming to fruition. And, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with that philosophy because we're watching a dynasty in Florida, you know, where hockey started. All right. We we're, we got way off track. Uh, yeah. Eric throws out there. The draft, boys. Focus on the draft. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're pretty guilty right now of getting off topic. Yeah. This is it was Mike. supposed to get in there. $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup for eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We're, we're hitting a half hour now. I know. I, I just wanted to do a little Lalan stuff, but yeah, I don't know how you wanted to do this. Um, I know we kind of had our top three guys and guys I think the Red Wings are going to pick. Um, yeah. So we could kind of get into that for sure. Um, well, I mean... Because we're almost the there. Things, we're two days away. One of yeah. the things that I wanted to pull up and I thought would be fun was just to take a look at the elite prospects. Um, I wanted to take a look at like how these guys are ranked for like uh, skating and mobility, but I think I think you might be right that we maybe should just go back and forth and go through our top three guys because uh, we we we've gone pretty deep now on um, just Derek Lalonde. But I'm trying to I'm trying to find my list here um, and at least start with the guy that makes the most sense for me. But Mike, who who do you have? Uh, should we go third on your list? Yeah, did you want me to do uh, my guys or the guys I think the Red Wings are going to pick? Ooh, um, let's go uh, your your three guys. The top three guys Mike wants. You want the Detroit Red Wings to draft? 
It's the guys. Yeah, it's the guys I would pick. And okay. what's funny is there is zero overlap between the three and the three. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've we've done a few draft um, shows, you know, kind of profiling a few guys here and there. Um, we didn't really take a lot of looks at uh, the top defensemen. Um, I, I, if one drops, I, I could almost certainly see Eiserman giving it a look, even though that's, you know, from our prospect pool, you know, currently under the, the Red Wing, um, like, you know, control, that's probably our strongest areas, you know, prospective defensemen. Um, and I, at, picking at number eight, I don't think you're getting a sure thing like you usually do if you're drafting like one, two, three. Um, so philosophically, I did kind of lean more towards guys who, um, had at least some sort of skill that was like at an A level, um, you know, something that, you know, maybe I can hope the, the, the philosophy being, I can coach them to be, you know, an adequate, you know, average NHL player. And then we can lean on this, you know, super high end skill, um, to get you to the point where you're top six, you know, forward in the league. Um, and it's a successful pick at number eight. Um, so with the preamble said, Matt, I had three guys and it was some guys that we looked at. Um, it was Lecker Amaki. Um, it was Brad Lambert and it was Cutter Gauthier, um, respectively for the three guys with Lecker Amaki, um, arguably the best shot in the draft. Um, you know, pretty good skater, pretty good playmaker. Um, you know, things to work on defensively, um, but if I can lean on having, you know, one super duper high end shot, you know, we know the Red Wings have not had, you know, an A plus power play in a while. <laughs> this is definitely a guy who doesn't mind taking crazy angles because he is that confident in his in how powerful his shot is. Um, so I mean, if we can start to coach him to get in a little bit better positioning and be like, yeah, you do have phenomenal skill, but man, imagine if that phenomenal skill turned into actual goals. Um, so. <laughs> With Lecker Maki, I feel like there is a path to making this guy, you know, um, you know, a really good top six for for your Red Wings. Um, we have uh, we do have experience, you know, coaching some guys with wheels. Um, you know, uh, I'm looking at you, Larkin. So I don't know if Lambert really has, you know, that that type of ceiling. Um, but if you're asking guys at elite prospects, uh, they they definitely value this guy pretty high. Um, you know, with skating, it's, they, they do give him a lot of credit for, um, you know, just going in a straight line. Um, uh, but they also do value his, um, the, the four-way mobility, um, you know, ability to get back on his, um, um, on his heels, moving left to right. Um, also going forward and being such an elite skater, um, I, I mean, He's he's so good at it. It's it's easy for him to break away from the play and kind of um, you know make make plays happen on his own. Um, he does have a lot of room for growth, uh, but I think you know something we talk about a lot. Drafting a number eight, um, those players are going to have warts. So are they warts that you think you can coach out? Yeah, with Lambert, I think I can. And knowing that I'm going to have a really strong skater, um, that's appealing to me. Um, then the last let me, guy, let me, let me stop you. Cause I, I mean, I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, Lecker Mackey was, uh, actually, let me, let me stop sharing my screen here and share a different one. Uh, yeah. Lecker Mackey was also number three on my list. Uh, so I, I did want to call that out at least. And, uh, maybe I can 
actually find this here. We have a Brad Lambert PDF. Nope. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. I'm trying to pull up my my goddamn PDFs, and uh, it's not working. Okay, well, Lecromacchi was on my top three, too, and it, it was kind of for the same reasons. Um, he grades out fantastic uh, for me. And uh, like you said, one of the best shots, and that's kind of where my head was at first. And I, I think it's one of those things, too, where one of the first... Um, Mm, like the first pushback you'd see when talking about Lecromacchi is going to be, all right, you're talking about another right winger and we want to look for some centers. And that's where I would kind of push back and say, Hey, we have a Tyler Bertuzzi contract to talk about. Uh, we have a Zadina that hasn't necessarily worked out. Um, Verona's here now. Lecromacchi's going to take a couple years to develop. So what do we do in a couple years from now? So basically, there isn't anything that's so solid right now that I wouldn't just go ahead and take a look at. Yes, I have one of the top shots uh, coming out of the draft this year. So absolutely, Lecromacchi is on this list. And I think I'm going to get it to work. Yeah. All right. So that's what we were looking at before. Uh, but then you you pivoted over to uh, Brad Lambert. And I don't know why I pulled this up, only to make that pivot. Um, but I, I agree with you. Again, uh, I'm not putting him in my top three. But I do see the value in having that guy who's rated as the top skater, right? So you're talking about a thing that <laughs> you can't, I mean, you can't get away from it. That's that's ultimately what they're looking to do. Number one, you hit the ice, you can skate. So the reason that's so exciting that this works is because all this other stuff, you kind of feel like you can teach it. You can help it move forward. When we took a look at Brad, um, we, we saw some issues with like decision-making. We saw some issues that were probably in regards to how small he is, which can be fixed. Can be fixed through practice. You fix the repetition. So Brad's, Brad's doing a lot of great things for me in regards to like what we've seen from the positives. Just a lot of people are, saying the negatives kind of outweigh that. But again, I would challenge you to just think about like that could be an easy fix. You put some bulk on this guy, you kind of teach him, no, you got to hit the boards when you've got those opportunities. Um, and then when we see him go on breakaways because of his his speed and abilities to, to puck handle, you just let him know. You're going to get more opportunities when you do that. You don't have to cherry pick, which has been kind of what you, what you could look at brad and see his play over the last year and kind of peg him for that just a, just a little bit um also throughout their best uh, second best transition forward came from uh, elite prospects i i think that's huge too that that does go sometimes with the cherry picking um he can <laughs> he can kind of lean away again from the physical play so he's not really going into the boards but you don't need him to go into the boards on every single possession every time he's on the ice. So when you are asking him to transition to the offensive side, he, he does do a great job of it. And I think uh, when we took a look at the percentages and, you know, again, back to how much the Red Wings struggle, like on the power play, and we saw what a difference it could make to have a Lucas Raymond, while albeit, you know, some of that was figured out. Some of that was, uh, it slowed down a bit once we got to the second half. That can be, okay, we know what's going to happen when Lucas Raymond touches the puck. He needs more help. This is more help. 
This is help on the power play so that you have at least two options, maybe three if you want to say Dylan Larkin is one of those options too because I think he's also a great transition player. Um, but yeah, you're not playing that silly game where Fabry just you know hands the puck to the opponent on the power play and then he just you know looks up at the sky and chews on his mouth guard and blah 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 yada yada yada. Um, can I can we just mention too real quick? Yeah. Like how far out of my mind Robbie Fabry has been. Like while we try to like fantasy book like drafting and free agency, <laughs> I forget about yeah. him all the time. Yeah, I didn't really account for him either. Yeah, it's um, it's, uh, it's kind of eye opening to go. Oh my gosh, we still have to. We still got to ice Robbie Fabry. All right, um, but Mike, uh, your number one. Oh, I I don't know or if I would I necessarily. Do, yeah, I wouldn't I put it in that two? order. Yeah, throw your number two in there first. If, um, actually give me what's I gotta, uh, what is your number one? Cause I, I, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, I kind of screwed it up. Cause they're, they're all kind of right in the same spot. It just depends on what you want to prioritize. I'd, I'd probably actually do Lekaramaki one, uh, Lambert two. And then this third guy, uh, uh, Gauthier, I would put it at three. Oh, I did have him up. Okay. Um, for one, I'd, I'd be very excited for the Red Wings to give me a reason to, uh, practice the pronunciation of his name over and over and over. Yeah, um, nice. The, uh, the other thing, too, is, um, I mean, if you're going to prioritize guys with the right attitude and personality and doing things the right way and following the process, um, I feel like he checks a, a few boxes, uh, you know, being a center, uh, being a guy with some size, you know, at six foot three, uh, 200 pound guy, um, you know, still, still, still really young in this draft. Um, a guy that I did uh, fetishize in Hurdle the Turtle, uh, Tomas Hurdle. Um, and this is a guy who's supposed to be a power forward. Uh, he's supposed to, you know, kind of use some beef um, to kind of, you know, make his, his physical presence known and make plays happen. Um, and as far as, you know, kind of following that same trajectory with, you know, we want guys with the right personality, um, you know, are going to give a hoot every time. Uh, this is supposed to be a guy who's supposed to have a really good motor. Um, so if he's at a position to need, um, he's the right size, you know, Iserman likes his big boys. Um, he's got the motor. Um, it, it would be, it would be tough to turn him down. Um, and I, I think if, you know, if we're going to compare him to hurdle and hurdle probably would have been, you know, a guy that we pursued in free agency, if he hadn't already, you know, had a deal. Um, I mean, you get the really cheap version and you do that by, you know, picking number eight, uh, getting cutter. Uh, I do. We do have. Uh, we have to come back to uh, the comments here a little bit here. Uh, Murdoch, Lecker, Mackey is who I think the Wings pick. I like Savoy and Cutter. Let me try. Gauthier. Yeah, I like uh, Savoy as well. Um, I just feel like he's probably going to go first. Mike from Johnny P. If the Raptors get Kevin and keep Scotty and Pascal, and are we contenders? I think so. Wow, that's a lot of guys who are like six foot eight and taller. That is like the most switchable defense ever. Um, and you have a Hall of Fame scorer and, you know, our favorite Frenchman and Pascal and Scotty. Uh, you know, arguably, still people think he was the top guy in that draft. Um, I hard to, hard to debate after what he did his first season. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty sexy team. Um, I, I could see them in the Eastern Finals. But Johnny, we'll have to we'll have to do our own uh, little basketball podcast here after that. But yeah, I, <laughs> I like that move. Um, I do like uh, I do like the cutter pick. 
Um, I think uh, I think that works out. That's another one. Like when we were talking about it, I 100% would be like, all right, I get it. Um, but it wouldn't be my number one. Um, Cutter is also probably on the outside, just like Brad Lambert. Uh, so my number two, I guess I should uh, probably think about oh, preparing this stuff. Um, I can say it. it's Maddie Savoy, number two on my list. Um, Is that a Matt bias right there? Actually, it probably does figure in quite a bit, and I still haven't pulled up the screen. Uh, Maddie Savoy, where are the problems start, Mike? The size. He's a little guy. He's five foot nine. Um, that's not my favorite thing in the world. I tend to make fun of that. Uh, <laughs> I, that's like my first thing. I always kind of look at those sizes and I, I think, well, this is not what I want. Uh, but we're looking at a combined, like we were just talking about like some issues in the physicality of a Brad Lambert. And you don't see that in a Manny Savoy. You see a guy who, who does drive pretty hard. Um, but it, this is, this to me is like a good combination of offensive pluses, skating, shooting, passing, and puck handling. Uh, where we saw Lambert and you see like probably the best skater, you see a Maddie Savoy who could fit on the center side, um, who's going to check off like on average more boxes and be ready to go. I think, I think this is a guy for somebody like the Red Wings and the positive here is that Lambert probably needs a couple more years where Maddie Savoy, you could, you could at least make the argument with some of the successes he's already had. You need to take a look at like those 12 points in the playoffs. He just had, I mean, you talk yeah. about crunch time, you talk about playing as hard uh, as you can in the moments that matter most. And that's, that's where Maddie Savoy had some success. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say he's number two on my list again, because I think you can get him onto this team a little bit faster. And I think, at some point, if you can strategize to start finding those guys that are cutting some years off development, I mean, you talk, you talk about Simon Edmondson is coming up next year. Lucas and Moritz Sider start in the same year. Manny Savoy can get going in a couple years. I think we're pretty happy with that. Um, and you've got so many other guys, too, that in the meantime, we want we want to give a chance, you know, you, you want to see where like a Mazer's going, uh, who I, God, please nickname him principal Mazer. Uh, shout out to a goofy movie. Uh, but you want, you know, you want to see, you want to give those guys more time and you can kind of feed them through. And, uh, in, in the meantime, you can let a Manny Savoy, uh, continue to develop. But I mean, we have like an, uh, an Elmer Soderblom who needs to make an appearance at some point. So if those guys can all, kind of come together at once that's where you're trying to knock off these development years and i think savoy's a guy that can knock some of those off um let's see where are we at robert cole he'll be gone um every mock draft i think he's talking about savoy actually i don't even know oh yeah that's that was this is just three minutes savoy. ago has him going to columbus um eric johnson braden point small Very true. also uh, but Robert Cole, he does like him, but I, I do agree. This is this is going to be one where um, I think if he's there, I, I absolutely would take him. And um, I think my number one is kind of a combination of who I think will be there and who I also like. And let me... Oh, didn't make the... Uh, didn't make the PDF yet. Do, do, do. 
Da, 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 da. Hey guys, how's how's it going today, Mike? How are you? Are you having a good um, day? I'm I'm doing great. That's um, good to hear. Good to what hear. What are we waiting on over here, Matt? Matt's pulling up his number one. <laughs> Wait, just don't have the slide ready. Nope. Um, that's okay. <clears throat> Frank Nazar. Woo! All right, Matt's yeah. number one. I might be overthinking it a bit here, but when you talked about Maddie Savoy. Mike, you talked about a guy uh, like Elite Prospects uh, did it best. Like they said, all right, fifth best vision. Now you you pull up a Frank, Mike. Second best straight line skater. Second best problem solving skills. Highest ceiling. Second best vision. Best transition forward. You talk about a couple of skills that we were already high on Brad Lambert. And then you add the hockey sense to it. You talk about yeah, like this is this is it. This is your draft pick. Frank Nazar, good to go. Ship him out. He is five foot ten, 181 pounds. Um, he does play center and right wing. But if you can get that center position to work, this is your boy. This is the guy who mucks it up, but he's also a great passer, great shot, good at puck handling. And when we took a look at Frank Nazar and we we analyzed that one game um and that was with the help i think at the time we were looking at uh san louis yeah yep. we were looking at san louis uh game that he picked out from uh, the team usa like he had a five point performance which is just it was it was incredible and um i don't know for me for me right now i feel like this guy as i just talked about savoy being like a total package you get an extra inch who doesn't like an extra inch right ladies you get an uh... inch out of Frank, and you get, I think, a guy that that looks more ready to go, as opposed to a Brad Lambert, like we talked about, and I'm gonna come to Tristan here in a second, um, who has like maybe maybe he even arguably has a higher ceiling, but his floor is <laughs> is, is pretty low. Um, but that's where you can kind of cut some of that off. You can, you can take some of that floor and bring it a little bit closer to the ceiling with a Frank Nazar. Um, let me throw No, out. you know, what's funny is, uh, I didn't really, I, I, for the Red Wings, funny enough, he's my top pick for them. If, if he's there, I, I this is who that I see them picking. And another, uh, element here is this was actually just something that Eric Johnson brought up in regards to Savoy, but elite prospect says, this is your brain point. Bingo, bingo. Somebody yeah. on the Detroit Red Wings drafted Braden Point. Um, <laughs> I know, that's, that's sort of a silly point to come to. That that's just somebody's opinion. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I, when we analyzed this guy, we saw a lot that we liked. And I think it was just so many things that were like, maybe he's not the greatest at one thing in this draft. But he's right up there with so many different things. Like, it's it's not one of those where we have to play that game where it's like, oh, it's good. Like, it's, is he perfect? No. Is he amazing? No. But it's like everything is great, right? Everything's scoring out to be great. Everything we saw from that game we analyzed with San Luis, great. It all just looks good. And that's another guy I think you shave a year of development off as opposed to a couple of the other names out there murdoch i'd be real happy with nazar that's my boy um tristan throws out there who i want lambert maddie savoy and kemmel number three 
We haven't brought up Kemmel at all. I, for whatever reason, I always looked at Kemmel and I said, ah, it's just not going to happen. Even though you could make the argument, it's maybe less likely that Savoy be available. Um, and then Tristan goes on who I think Eisman drafts. Lekker Amaki, Frank Nazar, Liam Ogren. Um, I will say, I think there's a good possibility that Liam gets drafted, but not at number eight. I think uh, I think that would be something where Steve is going to take some of those second round picks and later and uh, maybe move up in the draft, maybe even some picks from next year's draft uh, to move up and get a second first rounder. Anywho, Tristan, I love this list. I think we have a lot of similarities here. And um, yeah, I got I to gotta say, Mike, if you wanted to go with who we think Iserman's going to draft, number one on my list is actually Lekromacki. So I don't know how you how you feel about the Iser plan draft. So we have those are our top three guys, and let's recap real quick before we get too deep into that conversation. Nazar number one for me, Maddie Savoy number two, Lekaramaki number three. Mike, your top uh, three for, uh, for me for the Red Wings would be Lekaramaki and then Brad Lambert and then Cutter Gauthier. Um, But I, I did uh, spoil one of the ones I think the Red Wings will pick, and will be Frank the Tank uh, Nazar, but. The way that this draft is going and the way that the centers are kind of all over the map. Um, I, for one of the, my, my number two for the Red Wings is going to be if the the inevitable drop of David Yerchek, uh, who we did not talk about, but he's the defenseman at the top of this draft with a little bit of size at 6'3". Nah, defenseman, defenseman. I just, the way this this team just goes, you know what, we're going to get the best available guy. We don't really care what you think. Ooh, we got a, we got a center. Oh, we really need centers. Well, you know what? Juracek is maybe the best defenseman in this trap. So I, I, I could see Iserman not passing on that guy. Um, and then it would leave a lot of us going, who? Why? No, centers. Uh, but, you know, what do we know? We've never built a dynasty in the hotbed of hockey that is Tampa Bay, Florida. Um and the last one I had was a guy, again, that none of us talked about. And it was all about size. Uh, Nathan uh, Gosher, who is the center, six foot three. And part of the appeal is, you know, they his scouting report that there's a lot of leadership skills that people talk about. And he's an all-situations player. Um, so, you know, he plays defense. He takes uh, faceoffs in his own zone. Um, he, you know, per, he's on the power play. He's not a huge point guy, which is why we haven't really talked about him yet. But I feel like two guys, one is a defenseman dropping, the Red Wings saying, best player available. We don't care what you think. Um, Gosher would just be, you know, a big center who is diverse. Uh, but, Matt, it's got to be Frank the Tank. It has to be. If if he's there, it has to be. Uh, Dan, Dan A throws out there, highest ceiling? There's a short joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Dan. <Hey. laughs> Um, Tristan throws out there. Eisman seemed to sound like he will be valuing upside very much. He said, we will draft who we believe will become the best player one day in the NHL. So maybe some guy with the highest ceiling. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's where Tristan says, thus, I think Lambert shouldn't be ruled out. I have not ruled him out. He's in my top five. See, um, Tristan, I, I like his, you know, that A plus skill that he has, um, but for him to hot potato between leagues and hearing that that's kind of under the advice of his agent um, and they're trying to just get him some, you know, razzle dazzle numbers on the stat sheet. That makes me think that there's almost no chance the Red Wings pick him. I, I would be stunned. That 
Oof. I hadn't had that thought. Nazar is putting himself in tough positions. And, you know, he doesn't quite yet have the sexiest numbers, which is why he's not one of the one, two, three guys. Um, but he's like, yeah, I, I don't give a damn. Just put me in there where Lambert has hot potatoed. So I, I don't think that they're big on his attitude. And I, again, I had not thought about that. I had a couple of times convinced myself that Lambert was going to go at number eight, but you just made the best case of why he, he wouldn't. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to that. I think we see guys like Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider and, and Tristan like really- mentioning that Nazar is jacked. Um, you know, those, those guys in the weight room, those are the guys who, uh, you know, they, you know, that takes a lot of hard work. Um, so as far as work ethic goes, it's, it's usually a pretty good indicator that, you know, it's not bulletproof 100% of the time that the dudes who are ripped, you know, are going to succeed in this league. But if you're given a hoot about already adding to your frame, you know, knowing that you're going to have to do that anyway, and this guy's already, you know, doing the thing that they're probably going to give whoever they draft, you know, a list of things that we want you to start doing in your life. Uh, before the season starts and frank's like yeah i already do all that what else you got it's a pretty good indicator that's you know a, a strong strong likelihood that the red wings are circling that guy on their board uh yeah we have a couple of comments uh coming from eric and uh, tristan that we don't have to really worry about your chick um i kind of agree with that it's been it's one of those um that's our Bob McKenzie stuff we talked about like a week ago where it's just kind of like, all right, some of this stuff is cemented and done. And sometimes he is so close to some of these uh, front offices. That's where we, we kind of know that Lecromacki is also going to be number eight <laughs> or drafted eight. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think it'll be a long shot. Uh, Tristan does throw out there. Nathan uh, Gosher uh, is supposed to be mid second round. So that would be, Right in that most cider wheelhouse. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. something for us where, you know, you 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 don't want to just completely, like I, I said, defense, me fence. So you draft in the, in the second round. There you I'm go. not, I'm not picking him. He wasn't in my top three, but I'm just saying, you know, based on precedent in this town. Uh, yeah. All right. Steve sees something. Let's pick him. Murdoch 86. How high could we move up pairing Ronick with a second? Uh, it could go from two. eight to seven. I would say, all right, uh, pairing Ronick with a second or two. So that's that's a couple of second rounders. We're talking multiple years on that. Um, let's see. Ronick in a second rounder, maybe two. I would say. You're taking your second rounder and you're moving into the first round. All right. I, I think it's fair to say like bottom 10 picks in the first round. I think you can safely move up with an NHL ready defenseman in a second round pick into the bottom 10. I will agree with that. But isn't the point of this that we're trying to get more oh, lottery? No, guys? no, no. Uh, 20 through 30. Oh, that's what I meant. Bottom, yeah, bottom third. Picks, picks twenty, yeah, picks twenty. That's three. what I, yeah, bottom yeah. third. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not the top of the third. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Murdoch does uh, confirm here, not giving up the eight. So we're we're going with second okay. round and moving up with a round. I wasn't yeah. sure if you're trying to you know find some way to you know get up to Shane Wright or something like that, but yeah. 
Well, I will say, I think that's something we can't necessarily rule out because I don't know. I think we just need to stay on our toes. I, I, I made a comment on Twitter today. I've never been more convinced that uh, at the time when I read Eiserman's quote, I felt this, but I've never been more convinced that we were going to move up in the draft. Um, after going through this list, I think there's a lot of good names. And I think, uh, honestly, I don't... With how shy everybody's getting with Shane Wright, like the people who are much closer and have actually interviewed this guy, I, I'm i weary of giving up too much to move up in this draft when there's a lot to like from eight, you know, anywhere in that circle of like who elite prospects and the consolidated rankings has like five and like up. I mean, we, we've found guys that are in the top 15 now that we've convinced ourselves would be a good pick. So. Yeah, this is not the draft I would, you know, try to move up from eight. Um, I would like to move up and get, you know, something in the lottery. Because um, it feels like there's a lot of, you know, guys with just, just a ward or two. But, you know, I'd be comfortable moving assets to get like a, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 um, to do that. Yeah. Well, um I think we're about we're about ready. Did to we have any? Did we have time. any other uh, comments just about who guys wanted? Um, just curious. Oh, Tristan, we, Tristan yeah. came back. No, Mo Sider was supposed to go fifteen to twenty. I think wasn't it? Um, Scott Scott Wheeler. I thought he had him close to the second. I know we've had this conversation before. Um, I mean, he's he was buried on a few boards. Um, for sure. I'd have to, I'll double check, double check that. Yeah. Now Murdoch is going out there. This would be like a dream draft, right? Depending on if Lambert falls back far. Wow. I'd like to pick Nazar and snag another first to snag Brad. I, again, I think that if you walked away and that was your first round. That's you, a home run. That's yeah, you, a plus. You, you just yeah, picked two guys that uh, also, you know, like the development, they'll be on different tracks. So you'll have your guy that again, I think Nazar cuts a year off of development. And I think Brad, you give the time to figure it out. And ultimately you've seen some skill on there that could be, or link him to like elite level, super duper star. So if he could figure the rest of it out, you can give him the time. I think that is how you draft a Brad Lambert. Like you've already had your first round pick. You've got your guy that you already wanted. And Brad has fallen back far enough. Cause everybody's kind of, eh, I don't know. Did you see that he yeah. moved around a little bit? And then you I know, but I, I I hate Murdoch's comment because now I'm going to be crossing my fingers and hoping that it happens because that that would be awesome. It, Murdoch uh, is guessing Lambert won't be there after 15 or so. It's possible. I, that's I, I don't know because I, I he's he's really all over the map. Like people are really bummed about his point production, um, but I, I you know I I, I, I don't know. I mean, we've seen guys get, you know, mega numbers and they don't really pan out. So I, I, I would be fine trying to teach him how to score a little bit better. Well, Mike, straight from winging it in Motown, Jacob Rivard coming in. Lambert could be the best player in the draft if he pans out. Obviously, if is the key word. Again, yeah, Jacob's nailing it here. Um, Like we've been talking about, like this, that, that is one that's tough for me to not put him in my top three. Mike, you had him as your number, number two. two. Yep, number two. Number two. Um, it's, it was tough for me, but he, he's definitely one you got to consider. I, I did, I, I'm, I'm more hesitant because of the point you made about him jumping around teams to try and 
show off for the NHL draft. Is that really Iser Planey? Um, you know, Mike, we talked about Nazar putting in the effort in the weight room. That's still putting in effort. It's just effort in a different area, right? That's just effort in trying to get some ice time. So that doesn't mean he does I wish, yeah, I wish we could have been there to be, to be like, this is a different time now. All right. Mo Sider won the Calder. Like people are starting to recognize it's okay if you don't have those, you know, you know, basic, you know, third grader, you know, numbers. It's okay if you don't have the goals and assists yet. We can see see you're developing and you're positive. The potential for goals is there. We're going to get you there. Um, yeah, Tristan's, you know, he's got that he does. star upside. Absolutely. Elite. How did I put it? Like elite super duper star. <laughs> you're drafting a you're drafting a ceiling. That's what you're doing. Lambert, you're drafting a ceiling. But Frank. But that floor number though. One, number one ceiling. Right. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at um number one ceiling, according to Elite Prospects, Frank. I think you put Brad Lambert, even though he's not ranked. I think for you and I, he's got probably Maybe 1A, 1B ceiling, but yeah, when you compare the two floors of those two guys, I think you could still find the bottom six player. If he hasn't scored yet, what if he's Darren Helm? Well, Darren Helm just won a Stanley Cup, so you can't poo-poo Darren Helm. He might book he might bookend his career with Stanley Cup. So I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything bad about Darren Helm right now. Um I mean, think about, I mean, Darren turned in some great hockey for us. Like he knew what he was. I'm not going to poo-poo that. So I, I'm going to say there's the possibility Frank becomes oh, a Darren. Yeah, you just, I think you just want to, I think you just want a little bit more at number eight. Right. I'm, I'm just saying, if you're talking about, you, you mentioned the basement ceiling or I'm sorry, the basement floor. That floor could still put Frank at the NHL level. I think the floor with Lambert could be, I mean, in all honesty, uh, honesty, it could be not even reaching the NHL, even though we've seen like this elite level skating and all of this, and the stick handling is just insane, and this is, transition game is just out of this world. It's fantastic, but <laughs> there's also this past season, and if that is duplicated, yeah, and duplicated again, like how do you convince yourself that this, you know, all right, well now we need to bring that- it over to North America. Is that the scariest point for Lambert that he has the highest likelihood of never making it to the NHL? Oh Jesus. I wouldn't say that. That that is well beyond what his situation is. But I mean comparing the two, I think if you had to look at how, how they've produced so far and you had to pick between Nazar and Lambert, which for some reason that's what this has turned into. But if you had to pick between the two, it's yeah. Who's more likely to not make it to the NHL was what was the guy who had eight points last year? What? Uh, I think he had 10. We don't need to guess. We have elite prospects that almost rhymed. I'm kind of happy with it. All right. Liga, Mike. Oh my God. What did I just say? 10 points. Uh, you said eight. I corrected you to 10. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, hey, 10 points sounds from <laughs> Jesus, I'm so stupid. <laughs> uh, 24 games, JYP. 24 games with Pelicans. 10 total points. Uh, I'm sorry, mm. 25 games with the Pelicans. Um, so that's uh, your 49 games, 10 points. Not saying there's anything, you know, like what we see from Lambert is that these points will go up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just. Hopefully. This, yeah. At some point. 
<laughs> but yeah, you're also 2020, 2021, 15 points in 46 games. So, I mean, it's, it's not to say, you know, so far it's been pretty consistent. Um, so that definitely needs to, if he's still going to be playing overseas, it's got to get kicked up. All right, Eric, let's go Red Wings. Let's go Red Wings. Let's go Red Wings. All right, uh, Tristan, Connor Geeky can literally miss the NHL, in my opinion. No, no, and and, and I, can th- I I'm glad I put that. I think we were just talking about, right? We were just talking like about of the guys, yeah, of the guys that we were juiced about, yeah. I think you absolutely see both of those guys in the NHL at some point, Nazar and Lambert. But uh, we we're kind of just playing that game based on production so far. Uh, Jacob asking this wonderful question, Mike, that uh, you ruined for us because you're going to go see Thor. Uh, Jake, Jacob wants to know if we're going to go to the draft party this Thursday. I desperately want to. <sighs> I guess I could go by myself, but I got damn damn kids to watch. And if Mike was going, then I could just put them in little Red Wing away. jerseys, Matt. They won't know the difference. <laughs> you know what? I did. I think I did propose that to my wife. I said, uh, "Just be that dad with the iPad, with the Mickey Mouse on the iPad." <laughs> Guys, you should go say hi to Jacob Brevard. He will be there. Again, winging it in Motown. He's our buddy. He was on for probably one of our highest uh, viewed uh, live episodes. That was so much fun. <laughs> um, Tristan helping us out there with the four goals and six assists for Brad. I do like this comment. Connor Geeky, this is coming from Rivard. Um, Connor Geeky reminds me of Michael Rasmussen, who still to this day, I remember being at a baseball game with Mike, our, one of our mutual friends and. He, I just remember, like, I don't, I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back. I just remember being asked, well, what do you think about Rasmussen? And I was like, if we draft Rasmussen, Ken Holland literally has no idea what he's doing anymore. And um, <laughs> lo and behold, look, I don't hate Michael Rasmussen. I think he's made some great strides, but uh, they are, again, like you just talked about, do you want an eighth pick to end up a bottom six forward? You don't. You don't shoot for that. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, I do have to scroll back here. Chewy came aboard, and I just saw Chewy's second. Message. Oh, hey, Chewy. Out Chewy. Um, oh, Chewy's missing it. He's got Bible study this Thursday. Oh, um, sorry. I will, be, I will be with us in spirit uh, to that thing uh, through Twitter. But um, I'm going to try and maybe do a live. I'm going to throw some maybes on there because uh, it'll also depend if we trade for Lambert, you, I might have to call during Thor and just do like a like a live freakout because. Oh, you do that for us? I would do that for you, man. <laughs> fucking. Piece I'm gonna shit. give you. I'm gonna give what nobody asked for. Just just to freak out during Thor. Um, who has the time? Nobody has the time for this draft. Uh, I think it's seven time. o'clock. Yeah, you're right. Seven o'clock ESPN. All right, seven o'clock is gonna be tough. That's bedtime, but uh, I'm gonna make it happen. <laughs> be the second bedtime that I will get in trouble for this week for you guys because I love you guys. Hey, you gotta stay up till I think like ten thirty for when we trade back into the first round for Lambert. So, <laughs> um, all right, I think we're ready to sail off in the sunset. Jacob, we gotta have you back on the show. This is a blast. Um, look, and and right now. Jacob and Mike finally meeting. I was kind of hoping that you guys are going to be together so that uh, you could talk Elden Ring. Uh, I think oh, yeah. 
and uh, we still haven't had that conversation, so that would be fun. Maybe that's a maybe that's a post draft free agencies getting stale conversation. Oh, but, yeah, I'm on uh, I'm I'm on character number two. This is a strength intelligence build. Oh, let me tell you about that that Moonvale blade. Oh, 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 good weapon, good weapon. Anyway, man, as you. Well, I confessed to you earlier today, Mike, I've been stuck on Returnal, and I haven't made it past the third boss yet, and you gave this to me... When did you give me Returnal? Was it Christmas? Was it? No. Yeah. Have I been for playing one game since December? No, that can't be right. What other occasion would I have given that to you? I beat uh, Ghosts of Tsushima. I didn't give you that game. Well, I, I bought it for myself. Well, put it away. All right, last last uh, question here. Justin Shields, who do you want Detroit to draft? Let's recap one more time. Uh, my list is, uh, well, how should I do this? Lecker Mackey, number three. Number two, Maddie Savoy, number one, is Frank Nazar. Mike? Yeah, for, uh, for me, I wanted Lecker Mackey, Brad Lambert, or Cutter Gauthier. But right. if he's there, I will fall out of my chair, Frank. Frank the Tank Nazar, the third. Um, it's not a Detroit Red Wing. Um, I really feel like a lot of these centers are going to go boom, 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 and put the top. And my God, Iserman's going to fall into another large defenseman with David Yurchek. And then because Iserman's board is usually not what the rest of us think, in some capacity, Nathan Gocher, the six foot three, all situations player, uh, may find himself at number eight. So absolute madness, uh, but I, I think it's probably going to be Frank. All right, everybody, let's sail off into the sunset. Uh, thanks for coming aboard. Justin, you're late, but uh, I wish I wish you'd show up earlier. We've been going for an hour and 12 minutes. Um, so, yeah, let's sail off. Uh, everybody, uh, hit those uh, like buttons now on YouTube. Um, subscribe if you guys had a tiny bit of fun. And, of course, on Spotify, you can rate us. We'd really appreciate that. And Apple Podcasts, nope. subscribe, rate, and review. Mike, we jumped into, uh, what was it, for the USA this past week for our Lalonde episode. Uh, we jumped into the top 50 hockey podcasts. I was pretty happy with that. Uh, your face number 51. Suck it! <laughs> We're coming for you, 49. <laughs> All right. We'll see, we'll see you guys. Uh, hopefully I'll see you guys in a couple of days, but we'll definitely see you guys next week for our next show. All right. Uh, everyone have a great night.